You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Uh, before we get into the podcast today, just wanted to say, uh, first of all, thank you for listening. And two, I had a really great chat with my buddy Arm, but unfortunately the audio got a little bit messed up. Um, it's only noticeable, it's not only noticeable, but it's noticeable a lot towards the beginning. So if you notice a lot of scratches and whatnot, that's the problem. We did record locally, but that local audio also got a little bit messed up too. So unfortunately it was just through our kind of a streaming application that we're using and there's a lot of hiccups. So just keep that in mind for the beginning portion of like the intro. It's especially noticeable for the rest of that though. It's really good. It is a really good chat though. So I think you'll still very much enjoy it, but just want to throw that out there and uh, sorry for the inconvenience. Here we go. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of not just the Lockdown Padres podcast, but the Locked On MLB Prospects Podcast. It is a Locked On crossover special event for Monday, December 6th. I, of course, the one speaking, am your host with sometimes occasionally the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And I'm being joined by a man of many times. Ta- do, do I have to count it off like this is a WWE thing? All right. He hosts the Locked On MLB Prospects Podcast. He's co-founder of Just Baseball, a fantastic site that I attribute to myself. And he's also a host of said Just Baseball Show podcast, their front line, you know, whatever you want to call it, podcast. And he also talks to minor leaguers all the time. Just in general, he, he likes baseball a little bit and whatnot. Uh, everybody, I'm being joined by RM Layton. Sir, how you doing? Uh, that was a great intro. That was a great intro. I'm doing well, man. Thank you. And uh, you did forget <laughs> one thing, though. You did forget one thing. You forgot Outside the Box with Jeff Conine. That that podcast, too. Oh, dang it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Outside the Box with Jeff Conine. We Recently just talked to Stark. had Jason Stark on the pod. I know. They just talked to Jason Stark. It was a great interview. Everybody for sure. Everybody who's listening for making Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Emily Prospects, your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms for today's pod man i brought on arm for a bunch of reasons because he's been on this podcast arguably too many times right i, I mean let's be honest, probably too many times that you give me the time of day uh i brought him on the podcast to talk about aj Preller. to a little bit of a back and forth i'm going to be defending the man who was once had like a 100 approval rating amongst padres fans to be honest with you and now it slipped a little bit then we're talking about adam Frazier return uh, that was happened two weeks ago now, which feels a little strange um, that that shit was so long ago. And then we're going to be talking about uh, Jorge Alfaro, who is from your beloved Marlins, <laughs> a little bit of Nick Martinez stuff. Just having an all-encompassing sort of chat because that's what we do. We talk about baseball, man. But first, before we get into that, just how are you spending your Saturday? How was your holiday? We recently passed Thanksgiving not too long ago. How are you, how are you faring out there? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving was... I think it's it's fun. It's a good holiday. It's it's oh, all right. Yeah, I, forgot like, about I enjoy this. the family time. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's yeah. You know my hot Thanksgiving take. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was really nice. Like, I had the whole family together. That side of it, that side of it was awesome. Um, you know, everything's been good, man. I, the the time leading into the lockout. I mean, the amount of stuff we were pumping out at JustBaseball.com, uh, just for all of the free agent stuff and. All the discussion. I mean, it was it was great. Of course, you go from one hundred to zero, uh, but now I just got to shift more towards prospect write ups and stuff. So I'm excited to 
to keep pumping out prospect stuff as well uh, over the next hopefully only month or so before we uh, get a new CBA locked down. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're always open out here. Um, but I say without further ado, let's just let's just get into it, man. Before we get into the prospect stuff, that is more uh, what you're known for. I, I mean, I mean that in like the the slightest of ways because you're known for just baseball in general but prospects you are a little bit you've called yourself a prospect freak before so we're gonna get into that in a little bit but first let's start with aj peller man one sentence or a couple sentences what is your take on aj peller and be careful because remember this is going to be uh said to padres fans as well be careful or not be careful you could go all for it i don't know you want to get canceled again no problem it's it's whatever you want You know, I, I do think that, that A.J. Preller is uh, a great baseball mind, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and definitely has done a lot of really good things, and he has put this team in a good spot, uh, but has also been part of the reason why. It, there's a couple analogies, and they both are basketball analogies mm-hmm. uh, that I want to give. But uh, my, co- my co-host at the Just Baseball Show, Jack McMullen, uh, gave the analogy of him being like, Preller being like uh, J.R. Smith. Where the guy's just going to chuck it up. He's going to chuck some crazy shots. He's going to hit them. He's going to hit some big ones. But, man, he's going to miss bad sometimes, and, and you're going to be scratching your head. Uh, I also see him a little bit of, of like the Mike D'Antoni type, where it's like he's going to be the reason why you're competitive, but he's also going to be the reason potentially why you can't win a championship. And I'm not saying the Padres can't win a championship, but I do feel like a lot of these uber-aggressive moves, uh, you know, sometimes set them back. It's like, two steps forward, one step back. And, and that's where I'm a little bit, and we'll get into the specific moves as to why I say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I mean, look, this Padres team is much better than it was previously. Um, he, he's made arguably one of the best trades of all time with Fernando Tatis. And there's a lot to like. Uh, he took this team from a bad spot to a great one, but he depleted the farm system fully. I mean, it's one of the worst farm systems in baseball now. And would you say that you feel fully optimistic going into your next season here that, that the Padres can compete for a World Series? I mean, first of all, I have to say, my scare tactic work. Before we started recording this, I, I sent a bunch of threats. Because Arm first came out and was like, I'm out on AJ Preller. He likes to start big with a lot of his takes. And then he takes a second to boil them down and whatnot and say, all right, maybe maybe I'm not that out already. Because this is what happens when you're on the big stage um, but that being said, uh, no, yeah, I'm not feeling as good as I feel about the Padres. Uh, um, you know, heading into 2020, I think that there was a lot more excitement with the team. It's really hard to view him these days. Um, and I, what I mean by that is, I, I don't, I don't, I kind of don't know um, sometimes whether or not he's done, whether he should be getting as much criticism or not, because we talked about it. I've talked about it at least on this this podcast before about the athletic article that came out. Um, and that, you know, was kind of talking about the, the dysfunction or a little bit of dysfunction. But what I found was interesting about that article is there's still a lot of defenders of A.J. Preller. This wasn't like the Rockies article that came out before the 2021 season where everyone was like, no, there's not a single person defending what the Rockies are doing. Everyone's like, this guy doesn't talk to anybody. And then needless to say that um, Jeff Bridrich ends up, ends up, I think, resigning, actually, which was I, th- I think he resigned. I don't think he was fired. I think he resigned, whatever, whatever that means. But. With with Preller, it's it's a little bit of both. It's very, I mean, the J.R. Smith comp is is right uh, in, in a lot of ways. He's going to make a lot of big shots. He's going to miss a lot of them too because you look at. I think he actually gets a little bit too much credit for the Trent Grisham trade because that one. I mean, last year it, it wasn't as good. The year before it was good, but Luis Arias and um, Eric Lauer weren't too bad. Like the Padres could have used an Eric Lauer towards the no. end of the season. So 
I think what people have to realize is some people get in my mentions and whatnot saying they're prospects and you, they're not proven quantities. And that is true. But if you just look at this, that is true. What is it? Nine players for 31. Sometimes just having the depth, even if it's a guy that's good for you for like, I don't know, two weeks. That helps, especially in a crowded division with the Giants and the Dodgers. And I think people sometimes forget that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, too. It's not necessarily about the individual prospects that you're mm-hmm. dealing. It's more of the value of mm-hmm. the asset, right? Because you only have so many assets that you can now translate into big league talent. And, and I know that really uh, like dehumanizes yeah. them. But if we're talking about it from a general manager perspective, you, you have to look at it like, like you're trading assets mm-hmm. here. And uh, when I look at the prospects, I'm never going to be, even though I'm a prospect guy, I'm never going to be a prospect hugger. I understand that the, the ultimate goal is to compete. But when you have, let's say, five prospects who are top 100 like valued by the general consensus, those are the only five mm-hmm. you have. So you better use those wisely if you plan on trading from some of them to, to go get a big league impact player. Because if you miss on that trade, you're not going to have – there's not just more top 100 guys that pop up every single day. And, yeah. and what we saw is, is the Padres did a good, good job building up their system. But through the minor leagues, they've hit a bit of a stalemate. I mean, they, they fired their farm director. We've seen some struggles with some of their top prospects. You know, I think Gore's a little bit of an isolated issue. But – there hasn't really been anybody that's that's emerged all of a sudden either. So I think part of that's because they've been competitive. Part of that's because they've traded guys away. Uh, and I'm not going to knock it on that side of things as much. Uh, where I'm a little bit just nervous and skeptical on Preller is I think some of the latest moves that he's made are, are an example of, of, especially in the trade market, how impulsive he can be. I, yeah. I think we talk about assets, right, and, and treating it. Um, as, as maximizing value. I don't think he focuses on maximizing value. I think he focuses on getting what he wants when he wants it, which I think is okay at times for a general manager. But you got to balance all that out. Even the Dodgers, they go get what they want when they want it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But they also are very calculated with the moves that they make. Yeah. And they don't just trade just to trade. I think the Adam Frazier deal, that was that was a guy that, look, I didn't think he was going to go from – you know, oh 800 and change OPS to a 600 <laughs> yeah. OPS. But I, I I, think everybody on planet Earth knew he was going to regress, right? Like everybody, even Padres fans were assuming he was going to regress mm-hmm. a little bit. You're buying at peak value there. Uh, you look at Blake Snell. You know, Blake Snell, you are buying at absolute peak value. He, he finished fantastic to the year, and I still think he's a great yeah. piece there. But that's another one where, like, you're going peak value. You, Darvish, peak value. Like, I, I think it's okay sometimes, but – you know, he, he doesn't care about where he's he's getting these guys at and he's just wants to get who he wants to get. I think that's that's a risky proposition. And, you know, you're, you're diluting a lot of your assets. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, at peak value is a good point um, with the Blake Snell trade for sure. Um, and especially with Adam Frazier, which I think one of the things that my biggest problem with the Adam Frazier trade wasn't necessarily the, the prospects. Look, I, I made fun of this before the you Darvish thing. I still think it is one of the funniest things I've ever ever seen i make this joke all the time when people are like i think it's blake hunt i I think is the name of the prospect i'm blanking on him right now but i'm not making fun of the guy's talent i'm making fun of when people were like yo but check out this video of him hitting this bomb and it's like this potato camera i think jeff passed actually tweeted this like check out this one dude it's like this this dude's playing soft toss and then launching a ball it's like an iphone 5 that's recording it and whatnot i'm like okay <laughs> relax you know what i mean let's let's relax on all that let's not act like this video showed us like he's gonna be a superstar at the time 
he was, I think, still in single A. So that's a whole other thing. But it was probably Reginald Preciado yeah. who the video yeah. was. It was um, probably that one. <laughs> it was probably whichever one it was. I forgot. It was in the yeah, Udarvis trade. Um, but let's also uh, let's yeah. talk about another asset really quickly, Arm. Um, and this is an asset that I hold higher than most assets. You ever heard of Built Bars? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Eric Osborne. <laughs> no, no. Definitely <laughs> Eric Osborne. Guys, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar sometimes. I agree. I've had these things before. I, I spam our group chats a lot. Um, Cherry Marcia, one of my mom's favorite flavors. I'm a big apple on crisp guy, but in general, what I like about the great variety of flavors, uh, kind of like the Ben and Jerry's bars a lot of ways they've got coconut they've got uh caramel apple stuff whatever they got all sorts of things and they're perfect and they got new uh, holiday flavors coming out and they're healthy for their protein bars you know low carbs high protein all that sort of stuff that you could want it's really kind of the perfect uh the perfect treat you know when these things come in the mail i just i get happy every single time guys so if you don't want to miss out on them go to builtbar.com and because you're listening to this podcast use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order remember that is built.com for 15 percent off use code locked 15 built bars go check them out guys they're the hot thing um and as always thank you everybody for making lockdown Padres and lockdown and we prospects your first listen every day really great podcast i think uh in a lot of ways but let's get back into the topic sir no uh I, and here's the thing a bit on my podcast i cannot say the name of the first baseman for the Padres. i do not say his name um, so you can say his name. That's fine with me. But no, he is not a, 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 a basic asset. But that kind of translates to the next part. Of this. What are the specific deals that you that you bring up with uh, Preller in terms of the, the negative that you think really do encapsulate what you were saying before, where it's like he he's a little bit impulsive because you know, we already talked about the Tatis deal. That deal alone, I wonder, and I would love to ask you this, if that deal doesn't happen, we sure, uh, like, what does it look like, the kind of view of AJ Preller? Oh, that the Teddy steal, you know, saying there's a lot of questions there, but go for it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's a big one, right? Like, if if he doesn't do that, it's it's interesting. I think the Cronenworth move mm-hmm. is one that is is another really really good trade. Um, you know, Tommy Pham slowed down last year, was not himself, but I mean, Pham was good the year before that. But I mean, Cronenworth's the real piece there that you're getting and I, I still think even though people are are kind of wising up to how good he is across the game I still think he's one of the more underrated players like I think he's just going to be perpetually underrated uh Austin Nola is another one that you know I, I you're buying at peak value again right like and again sometimes that's yeah. fine sometimes you're just getting a good player but this is a career minor leaguer I, I think Nola's a solid catcher mm-hmm. at I this point I think he's he's solidified that he's a solid catcher when he's yeah. on the field but but you're buying a peak value with a dude that's only had 79 games of success at the big league level, really. Uh, that's that's a little crazy to me. That's a little crazy to me. I guess it was a little more than 79 because it was partially through the shortened season, too, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, I, I just don't understand some of – like, always buying at peak value mm-hmm. is, is kind of my concern. Mm-hmm. There. I think for the, the package that they gave up for Nola, they could have made a, a trade for a more established, maybe younger catcher. Uh, because they did give up a decent amount uh, in that Austin Nola trade. Uh, they did give up a decent amount in, in the Adam Frazier yeah. trade. I mean, it wasn't you know groundbreaking. I'm a little bit lower on Marcano, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but when you also look at the idea of like, oh, we can't lose Profar. Let's give him three yeah. years, right? It was three years that they gave him, yeah. right? 
yeah, that's another one where it's like, what is Profar is a good utility player, but do you think that he is that good that you can't lose this mm-hmm. guy? I think he's incredibly replaceable. Yeah. I, he's never had a more than a three war season. I think his best is two point eight F war, and his his year with the Padres was one point three in the F war department and a 112 WRC plus, which is fine in a shortened mm-hmm. season. And they're like, we got to bring this guy back. I, I just think some of it's a, a little bit surprising to me, just how you have to make these moves. I think they're a little bit over aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I didn't, I probably, my fault, I didn't criticize the profile move enough. I actually think that I was campaigning for Brad Miller, which again, it's not like that player was a, so, rather yeah, have but him for the, for the contract. I think I'd rather have Brad Miller for sure. And profile, I will say I mm-hmm. love Profar, though. I will say that. I do love that guy. His smile is infectious. I enjoyed watching him in 2020. Maybe a little bit like uh, maybe a little bit of a side, but that is a good point. My counter to that will be sometimes he does just for guys at peak value, and I think that's where the best moves come from. Obviously, he traded Shields at peak value for, for Tatis, or not even at peak value, but just, just took a lottery ticket on this this 18-year-old kid, and then all of a sudden he's kind of the, one of the stars of baseball. But, you know, Joe Musgrove. One of the things about Musgrove, and I think we're going to talk about uh, Nick Martinez in a little bit because that was a recent sign that he made. Um, one thing that I liked about Musgrove, and this is extremely casual baseball fan type of take, but one of the things I liked about Musgrove when they were going after him was there was a lot of interesting and good teams that were curious about him. And there was actual like mechanical changes uh-huh. that happened with him too. It was like, yeah, he doesn't throw particularly oh, yeah. hard. Like I get that. But slider and the curveball usage. So I was like, why is what? Why is every team into this guy at the deadline in 2020? Which some people kind of forget. Not literally every team. This isn't Max Scherzer, but there was a lot of people interested in him. So they make the trade. They don't give up too much for him. That was a home run hit on his part. And then the other one that that was absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. great trade. And that, that's yeah. something I, I would. I, I'm glad you brought that up too because not to cut you no, off, but it. that was that was one of the few examples of of buying just before the peak uh, because you know they were sold on the adjustments he made. That was that was a good mm-hmm. move. That's my thing, and I think that the Trent Grisham trade, uh, not that it's necessarily looking as great right now. It's, it's a little bit even, I would say, right now, just based on the package that they gave back to Milwaukee. But in the moment, he kind of bought him on the low. That guy made like one of the most infamous playoff errors in a long, long time. Uh, oh, probably yeah. absent the his game five with the Dodgers, which, man, you know, talk, that's why you watch baseball, is Joe. That was like one of the best games of my life right there, aside from the, the Padres. That was unreal. Game. Um, but that was good. So he has done it before, but in general, I do agree. Uh, obviously, the guy that they have at first base right now, he has a career high in batting average and on base. And then they sign him to a I, – I, I can't even say it. I don't even want to say it, man. Um, I, I don't have the heart to. I just don't. I don't have the heart to say it anymore. It's 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 broken me. Um, but they do that. You have with Machado, which is fine. I mean, Machado was a top-level player. It's fine. Everybody wanted him. That kind of showed that they were very, 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 very serious about no, I, I like that move. It is a good point. And then, you know, Marvel Studios, what if? Uh, I think about it a lot of times. What if we had Ty France as our first baseman instead right now? And then, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, I'll take Hedges. I don't care. I'll take Hedges or Mejia. We can play that game until Luis Campizano comes up. It's it, There's a lot of what ifs with the Padres. And it's just That's... it's not as top five GM guaranteed as I think he once was uh, by a lot of people, especially after the, the whirlwinds of moves he made last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you bring up a really good point there, too, because it's like sometimes you have to have a better pulse of what you have currently. The grass is mm-hmm. not always greener. Um, and, you know, that I know that 
Ty France has really exploded into uh, a player that very few expected him to be. But I think you also like that was somebody that when I broke down the trade, I think I came on your podcast and I was like, dude, you might feel the Ty France one a little bit like that is that's a good piece that they gave up. Like Ty France is one of those guys that to me is is exemplifies what is missing in the scouting department a little bit uh, where, you know, he doesn't have a freakish tool. So we overlook production. But the guy was unconscious in 2019. In seventy in seventy six games, dude, he hit four hundred yeah. in Triple A, and I know it's PCL, whatever. I don't care. It's a one ninety six WRC plus. Uh, you, you look at Double A, the the years prior, absolutely hit well through those years. You know, so like that's somebody that's just always hit, and you're throwing him into a deal there. Like I understand you had Hosmer at the time. You think he's good. Like that's fine. But then you look at the two catchers, like you mentioned that they that they trade out too. A platoon of Mejia and uh, and Hedges. Could do worse. Would have been just fine, can, especially when you know would you have, have been just someone fine in the hole. Guess what? Especially when you know you have Campisano coming up, it's like, you know what? Uh, everybody's having career years. How about we just ride this out? You know what I mean? Even Myers is having a career year. Well, so. and if if you if you hold on to those two guys somehow, I mean, I know Mejia helped get you Snell, mm-hmm. um, but I think you could have got Snell w- w- without doing all that. And Mejia was one of the tertiary pieces, or maybe the fourth piece, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, um, Then you never have to trade for Austin Nola. Yeah. You know, you don't really have to ever make that deal for Nola. And, and, and that, that's where it's, I, it's, it's all about timing and understanding what you have. And Mejia seemed a little bit doomed at the time. Um, so, but then that can also circle back to just development and that side of things too. So th- there's a lot of like little holes. I think Preller's uh, willingness to be aggressive sometimes can, can skip over those little holes that they have right now in their organization. Uh, but you, you kind of see them make their way through. Uh, when when you go in hindsight and kind of see how you, you know you, you borrowed from Peter to pay Paul and then you still end up a little bit deficient in certain areas and I think that's kind of where where Preller's at where I feel like he's almost just running on a treadmill mm-hmm. sometimes uh, and he, he makes the the best of it but it's it's something that I think you know if if he was more calculated I think that the Padres could be in a better situation. I agree. And I think that the last thing before we kind of finish our, our Preller sort of overview and whatnot, this ended up not being nearly as antagonistic as I claimed at the top of the podcast it would be, which is fine. I'm, I'm all for that. Maybe maybe another time when the next... ...out of situations before 2015 being the biggest example was able was traded all for these guys justin upton and myers and every looking back it's like oh my god they traded all those prospects they traded away trade turn for will myers most gms from my experience you're done you're done you're minced you know you're finished and now all of yeah. a sudden he's bounced back can he do it again i don't know i'm not guaranteeing that but i am saying that in fairness out of the the broad spectrum of gms you know the pittsburgh pirates gm that made that Chris Archer trade. I don't think he's there anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure oh he's not there God. anymore. So, like, th- yeah, there are people who have been extinguished for some of the misses that Preller has made. But I do think that he might be one of those rare cases where you got to give it a second. You got to wait and see what he's able to pull off. But I will also say to Padres fans, given what we've all t- just talked about just now, you know, let's not be so bullish on being like, yeah, let's go give that big contract to Nick Castellanos. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I would hate it, but... Let's just say, has he always done good with these big buying at the peak of their value players? Maybe not. Maybe just go get some random right fielder who might break out for you. Well, you know, here here's what I kind of see 
a similarity with with Prower, and I think why he'll stick around for a while is I think he will catch lightning in a bottle one year, um, whether it's the Padres or not. You know, I, I think he is the 2.0 of Dave Dombrowski. You know, and Dombrowski's had mm. some successful seasons. Obviously, he's also destroyed yeah. farm systems and and left teams dead in the mud. Uh, so that's the that's the similarity here. I see a lot of similarities with Dombrowski, and if you're if you're risk tolerant, then uh, buckle up. But here's the thing: is you know, how does Preller? Let's see. I mean, th- there's a situation here where health ends up, you know, lucking in the Padres' favor here, and a lot of arms that they're hoping, you know, will be good to go end up being good to go, and Nola's healthy, and um, you know, the teams ends up being really, really freaking good. Uh, but the other side of it is that. You know, if, if they struggle a little bit, how do you improve yeah, this team? Flexibility. Now? There's nobody left that mm-hmm. you can really trade from. Are you going to trade CJ Abrams? That that guy should be untouchable, uh, no matter how desperate you are. I, I would never trade CJ Abrams. I know I said I'm not a prospect tugger. That's my exception. Um, and, you know, Camposano, you end up dealing him. Now you've got nothing left. Mackenzie Gore doesn't really have any value at this point. Nobody really wants to mess with that. Uh, so, like, how does he get out of this now if there is mm-hmm. an issue? He left himself with very little yeah. room. Um, and that's where it'll get interesting. Yeah, absolutely. There's both sides. You could see both sides of the spectrum for how this ends up winding up. He He's made a lot of bets, Arm. You know what I mean? And with that transition, let me talk to you guys really quickly about betonline.ag, <laughs> which has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. They got you in basketball. They got you in football, the NHL, the boxing, the UFC. Obviously, the baseball, too. Your favorite Vegas casino games. Everything. They probably got Oscars props going up right now. For anybody who's heard me before, I hate the Oscars, but you can bet on that. No problem, which might surprise you, Arm, because you know I'm a movie guy. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports, guys. Bet online where the game starts. And now, my friend, we hit the kind of final segment, the final stretch of this pod where I wanted to take advantage of a little bit of your, your super nerddom bar- background. You know what I'm saying? Because there's actually two <laughs> trades that we have to discuss right now. Uh, actually, three. One's a signing, but two, two, so three moves in total that we have to discuss really quickly. The first one that I, I want to bring up with you is Jorge Alfaro. You are a Marlins fan. The Padres recently <laughs> traded for him. And you texted in our group chat, OMG in all caps, I think three times when this happened. Not because... This was like when Blake Snell got traded and then they were eyeing you Darvish. But like an, oh my God, how to get rid of Alfaro. Usually not a good sign when you're a fan. So yeah. uh, talk about Alfaro for just a quick second. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the player to be named later is going to be a, a, a lottery ticket of a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are playing the lottery to get a lottery <laughs> ticket. Um, that That's how long, much of a long shot I think whatever the player to be named later is going to be. Um, but you know, Jorge Alfaro, he was a top prospect and that's the thing. It's like, so he has, he's a, he's a plus runner with ridiculous raw power, but like, he also has the highest swinging strike rate in baseball history since we've tracked that. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't know it <laughs> like was that's that bad. That. <laughs> oh God. No, no. And also the highest swing percentage period. So the guy just <laughs> always swings. Um, it's it's bad. 
He's not a good defender. I, I'm, I'm fairly positive, at least as of the end of the season, tail end of the season, he led Major League Baseball in pass balls despite having half the innings of, of the catchers behind him. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of bad stats. Only player in baseball last year to make an error at three different positions. Uh, <laughs> I can go on and on and on. Uh, but he is a lottery ticket in himself, even though he's 28 years old. He has crazy tools, a rocket for an arm. I mean, mega power. And he's a crazy athlete. So, you know, it's worth it, I think, to take a shot in the dark. I was just shocked that the Marlins even got anything for him. Like, I, I, I thought a bucket of balls would do. Uh, so, you know, I wish him the best. But, you know, it, it's... It's going to be a tough one for I him. think you also said, is Preller down that bad or something like that? Uh, it was really <laughs> weird. The most troubling thing about the move for me was you already have Caratini, you already have Nola, and then you have Campizano on the way. I didn't really understand this. It might be one of those moves that's Alfaro's a meme. a utility player. Yeah. I mean, it might be a meme. He's a utility player. If you, if you want me to be honest with you, like this might be a meme trade that we look back and are like, what the heck? Why did they t- – whatever. And it just has no consequence whatsoever. Maybe that's what happens. I don't know. Maybe they're planning to make another move in the future. Maybe they're shipping off Nola somewhere. I don't know. Who the heck knows? But for now, uh, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. The next one I wanted to talk to you about, which is a little bit more important. This is where your prospect background comes into play. Uh, the Adam Frazier trade. We talked about how they bought at peak value. My problem when I said it on my podcast was like, hey, I get it. His heart rate didn't go up. I get it. I get it. Whatever. I respect people who are like, we actually think this guy might be able to keep this up. That's fine. I like the trade, though, in a vacuum. What I mean by that is Adam yeah. Frazier wasn't the type of player that the Padres needed. They did not need an on-base batting average guy. They needed some slugging. They were 22nd in home runs, and they finished that way. You know what I mean? Their slugging percentage was really bad, so that's why everyone was talking about Gallo. Whether or not they could have done that is another story. But in a vacuum, I didn't mind the trade, but in terms of what the team needed, I didn't. They give up a lot of stuff, and then they just traded him away a couple weeks ago. How did you feel about the return that the Padres got? Yeah, so again, like, yeah, I think you got to look at it in a vacuum where if we're ignoring the fact that they gave up a decent amount for for Adam Frazier, uh, in terms of what they were able to get back here after he diminished his value pretty significantly in that struggle down the stretch with the Padres, I like the pieces that they got here because – I'll start with Ray Kerr because Mm -hmm. Ray Kerr is somebody that I think is actually going to go straight into the Padres bullpen Mm -hmm. uh, this coming season. It it, it could be disastrous in the respect that his command is, is a bit wild. Uh, He doesn't have a ton of command, but his stuff is unbelievable. Like he's a left-handed pitcher who can run it up. He's going to come out of the bullpen. Who's going to run it up to triple digits uh, and a wipeout, wipeout breaking ball that nobody hit like nobody hit 222 opponent ops Jesus. against his break i think he was a batting average I was like, like, Wait, it, what? It, it, <laughs> no 222 ops and this is in like a decent amount like a decent sample size um he he's got crazy stuff the fastball that's all he needs is a fastball and a breaking ball the command made some major strides last year uh you look at his numbers i mean he struck out nearly 14 batters per nine I think this guy's going to slide into the bullpen and could be a lights out lefty in the back end of that bullpen. That's that's a good piece to get in a deal. Like if you know that you're not going to get your prospect value back, at least you got somebody that can can help your big league team next year. And that's exactly what they did. So I, I liked that move a lot. Um, and then the other prospect coming in in the deal that I also think is is interesting, at least as a high floor 
uh, type of guy is Corey Rozier. Or Ro- yeah, it's got to be mm-hmm. Rozier, right? Like Terry yeah. Rozier, Corey Terry Rozier. Rozier. Yeah. Uh, Corey Rozier had a fantastic year. Um, it, straight out of college, you know, rolled right into low A and took care of business. I think he's he's a high floor, good outfield bat, can spray the ball over the field, above average runner, fringe plus runner, and just has great bat to ball skills. I think he has a really, really, really high chance of being a fourth outfielder, like a super high floor guy. But there's also potential if he if he has just the bat to ball skills that I think he might be capable of. He he could end up being a decent above average outfielder. Uh, the fact that you might get that out of this deal with big league help in the bullpen and a guy that's pretty high floor at the worst case, a fourth outfielder, but in the best case could be an above average, you know, center fielder all around. I, I, I like, I like the return. I, I do. Um, and I, I'm interested to see how he looks next year. I, I really like how simple his swing is from the left side. He's a little bit of a throwback player, uh, but sneaky power too, that I think he could actually be a solid piece. So good trade overall. Uh, I thought they did a good job of maximizing the value here, given the, yeah, given the circumstances, given that he didn't do all that great for the Padres, never seemed like he was a great fit in the first place, ended up not being as such. And just getting something back for a player you're not going to really use much. People are kind of forgetting, not that he's great or anything, but you've got Hassan Kim, you've got Jerks of Profar, and maybe C.J. Abrams makes his debut. So you've got a crowded infield. So it only made sense to trade at least one of these guys. You weren't going to trade Abrams, and I don't really know what the value is for Jerks of Profar, and I definitely don't know what the value is for Hassan Kim right now. So they decided to do that. I was fine with it. I was cool with it. Retool your farm system. At least it shows that he knows we got to retool a little bit. It's not because they think that these two guys are superstars. It's that the flexibility. That was that was a great point that you brought up. The fact that when if you sign a Castellanos, look at where everybody is on the Padres roster. All of a sudden, there's barely any movable pieces. And that's what becomes an issue. You want to be able yeah. to adjust. And adjusting is important. The Atlanta Braves were able to adjust, even though half their roster got destroyed. You know what I mean? In a period of ways, by the way. And then they end up in the World Series. So not that the, you know that it's easy to do with Braves, did, but that's just an example. Last move I want to talk to you about very, very quickly since we're running out of time. Nick Martinez, four years, twenty million. AJ Carler just can't resist signing Texas guys. Initial reaction to the trade, and then give it a grade or whatever you want to do <laughs> or the signing. I say. Yeah, you know, he, he had contact with you know he got to see him a lot with, with Team USA. Um, and that's why Preller felt really confident in him, I guess, after seeing him up close pitching in the Olympics. Uh, but, you know, I, four years is a lot for a guy that has not pitched uh, stateside since 2017. Obviously, Preller saw something that he really liked. Part of me, you know, at first glance, I look at it and I'm like, four years, 20 million. That's mm-hmm. crazy. But then you realize, I mean, Jordan Wiles just got mm-hmm. seven mil and he was one of the worst pitchers in Major League Baseball last year. The difference is that was a mm-hmm. one year deal. Uh, Nick Martinez has an opt-out after two, which is the other yeah. weird part because if he outpitches his contract, he's going to opt out. So if you get the value that you think you can get, he could opt out. If if he doesn't pitch well, he can opt in for four years. Why would you yeah. put yourself in that's that the kind weirdest of part for me. You know, catch-22? Yeah. That was the weirdest part. Um, it, to me, says that Preller has a ton of confidence in this guy. Um, but again, you, you are taking a, a big risk here. Uh, to, to sign this guy to four years. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, is, is $5 million a year uh, uh, going to break the bank for the Padres? Probably not. Uh, but that's money that I definitely probably would have spent safer elsewhere. But I'm interested to see how he looks because clearly Preller is very confident. Yeah, clearly. And we'll, we'll see how it plans out with his Texas Rangers background. 
Um, the Padres, I've been saying all offseason, they didn't need to go after a superstar starter. There's too many options in their rotation that, yes, I know they weren't as good last year, but they could conceivably be a lot better. It would not shock anybody if you Darvish finishes next year with a 3-1 ERA or even below. It just wouldn't surprise people. So therefore, I do not think they have to go out and get Max Scherzer or Marcus Stroman. And they got that back at the end of the rotation guy. This is better than Vince Velasquez, hopefully. And it's certainly better than Jake Arrieta, who was a... No, I can't do this. I don't want to like, I got to not, I can't sink back into those depths. So with that all said, sir, before we kind of close this out, do you have anything you want to plug with your podcast, with all the bajillion of things that you're doing? Uh, just go for anything you've been watching, whatever you want to do, go for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, check out the site at just baseball.com. Uh, we just put out our top 10 remaining free agents, uh, which is uh, pretty fun. We're going to be doing a lot of fun coverage throughout, even the walkout, a lot of prospect write-ups as well uh, that you can check out over there. I'll be doing the Padres top 10, even though it's not <laughs> as inspiring as it once was. There's still some interesting prospects. Uh, so that'll be coming up on the horizon as well. Uh, so that's what I'm most excited about is, is getting this website, uh, pumping out content even through the walkout. Because guess what? We can show the players' faces. So come check us out. Forget MLB.com. Damn, that is a great point. Also, I'm part of Spaceball. I that at the very beginning of this. Uh, if you want, you can t- You remember how people used to be burned at the stake in olden times? I will be doing the baseball, uh, the Mario baseball equivalent of that to arm this coming Friday on Twitch. To, uh, you can follow Just Baseball fans. Uh, yeah. That should be a whole lot of fun. I'm kind of like the Joey Wendell of Mario baseball. You know what I mean? I just spray the ball over the place and do a little bit of Adam Dunn. So we should see how that plays out. You guys could check that out. I've got some articles coming out that we can't talk about just yet. Cause I'm not fully on them, but a lot of, a lot of weird baseball stuff. Uh, we're going to be working on for stuff because lockout's going to be wild for, uh, probably for a few months now. Um, but yes, guys, thank you as always for making lockdown Padres and lockdown only prospects. You were hashtag first one every day. Now make your second lesson. listen, Listen, <clears throat> Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Arm, this was a blast as always. Thank you so much, man. Uh, it was a, always a good time. I'm sure I'll be back again soon. Awesome. And as always, everybody, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies. Take care.